Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. For our Faith Promise Sunday, Rev. James Laker, missionary to the city of Cleveland, invites all who follow Jesus to be missionaries. We are called into ways of living so the good news can spread right where we are. Good morning. Like you said, my name is James, and I'm really excited to be here. Probably more excited than you. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe, maybe super stoked. Um, like you said, I'm from, well, I'm actually from Indianapolis originally, uh, kind of born and raised in Indianapolis, Indiana, but I hail from Cleveland at this time. So greetings from the Northland. Uh, I hope you get up there sometime. If you do, look me up. I'd love to hang out. Um, we've got lots going on in the city of Cleveland. But it's always nice to know a little bit more about the person who's talking to you for the next, you know, hour or so. No, I'm just kidding. Um, for the next 25, you know, 30 minutes or so. But uh, my name is James. Like I said, there's a picture here, I think, of my family. You can see that. Uh, and so, is it up there? Oh, there it goes. So, there's my family. So, I'm not one missionary. I'm a, a little army of missionaries. Uh, there's six of us. And so, my daughter turned 10 today my oldest daughter, so Anne, so happy birthday, sweetheart, I love you, and uh, then I have my two boys, Eli and Calvin, and Gia is our newest, and she's been with us for about six months, and so uh, we are figuring out life together, but when I say we're all missionaries in Cleveland, it truly is the case. Uh, I walk to school, I walk my kids to school often, and uh, one day I was walking them, and sometimes it's so interesting, I mean, it's good, right? People have started to trust me, because every once in a while people are like, here, just can you take my kids too, James? And so sometimes I have about eight kids. We were all walking to school. Um, a few of them are mine. And one day we're walking to school, and uh, I have kids from North America in the United States. I have kids from India. I have kids from Jordan. I have kids from Nepal all walking with me uh, to our local school. And I thought, this is so cool. And then the other day, my daughter came home, and she says, Dad, I, was, I, I, I told Ellie about Jesus. I told her about Jesus, and, uh, you know, um, she was excited. And I was excited because that is uh, what we're doing. We're missionaries. We're called to live uh, missional lives, and he invites us to participate in his mission in the world, which is really uh, what we're going to talk about today. So let me talk about a little bit about the ministry or, or the work we're doing in Cleveland. You can go to the next slide if you want. Um, we like to say that we are Mission 59. Uh, we are a network of uh, Christian believers and doers, and you'll see that on the next one, but we simply love God, love neighbors, and we're being missional. And so we are, again, a network of Christian thinkers and doers participating in the mission of God, which means we have to know what God's mission in the world is. And I think we've done a poor job of sort of discerning that as a people of God. Uh, we like to contextualize it, and that's important. As a matter of fact, most of our ministry is based on contextualization, right? Making your ministry or your conversations or your life relevant to the space and place that you find yourself, where God has actually sent you or called you or where you have gone. But on the flip side of that is sometimes we create our own mission. Right? Churches have missions, and yours is a good one, and we all have missions. It helps us define and isolate what it is. But, but I have come to believe that there maybe is a healthy place for us to lean into the idea that it's not that the church has a mission, but that the mission has a church. That God is inviting us to participate in something that He is already doing. And so we'll talk about that in a second. 
Our initiatives right now are missionaries in 59 locations. So Cleveland or Cuyahoga, which is actually the county, the greater Cleveland area that makes up Cleveland, because if you're in, in Cuyahoga, you say you're from Cleveland, uh, is 59 different cities. 59 cities within that area, 457, I think, square miles. Right, we have 1.2 million people in that area. Uh, we have about 955 congregations, not all Christian. Uh, if, if 200 people attended those churches every Sunday or, or whenever they choose to worship, uh, I think that translates into 191,000 people. If, if the attendance was 200, right? Um, but sociologists will tell us that we need about 20% of any demographic to begin to turn the tide, right? So right here in this room today, if we were to count up the amount of people here and uh, you know, we were debating over what we were gonna eat this afternoon, chicken or tacos, you know, if we could get 20% you know, to, to lean one way, we might be able to sway the rest. And that's what I'm talking about today. And so even with 191,000, which is probably generous, people worshiping, we know that we need more. We need more followers of Christ. We need more people to join the movement of God, which is redeeming, reconciling, and restoring all creation back to one another and to himself. That's how I describe the mission of God. And so we are missionaries in 59 locations. We're looking for these, these people. So if you know someone in Cuyahoga, let them know, let them know my name. Let, you know, hook me up. Because we're just trying to get them to see themselves as faithful in the, pres the place that God has sent them or has them. We're also building local ministry partnerships with uh, both our compassionate ministries and our local churches. We have about eight congregations, two new church starts, so ten. Um, we have a number of nonprofit ministries, and uh, they all say hello. And so when I say that, I say we are a diverse body. We have an Arabic church of Nazarene. We have a couple Latino-Latina congregations. We have uh, the Galilean Theological Center, which gives non-traditional students the opportunity to gain a theological degree and to go on and get a master's at Ashland Seminary. We have Nouvelle Luz Urban Resource Center, which works with those who have health disparities in the urban area. We partner with Heaven Train and Lighthouse Ministries, who work with the poorest in Cleveland in the central area and neighborhoods. And you might not know this, but Cleveland right now is considered the poorest big city in America. But God is on the move. So don't let that tell you that it's a forsaken place. The point today is for us to have eyes and ears to hear, to notice that God is moving and working. And sometimes it's with his people, the ones we call the church, and sometimes it's with others. Cleveland has one of the largest uh, or, or one of the highest rates of illiteracy. And so there are a number of organizations working on addressing illiteracy. That's the work of God. God is doing work. He is redeeming, restoring, reconciling through those things. And we do that through mercy and justice. We do it through compassion. We do it through word. And we do it through deed. And this is the missional work of God. And so finally, we are uh, doing ministry training, and we are using the urban environment, which we think is an incredibly formative space and place when you have to go sort of outside your comfort zone. And so we're working with universities like Ashland. We're working with universities like Mount Vernon to do in internship residency programs. I like to say that sometimes when we start adulting, life is harder than we want it to be. Would you agree with that? 
right? Sometimes it's harder than we want it to be. I mean, we, we have the debt we have to deal with. We have to compare the insurance plans. We have to show up for work, right? It, it gets hard. And so our, our, our ministry training is trying to create margin in people's uh, life to allow them to have ministry imagination, which means they can come, they can see new models, new modes, experience different kinds of people, find out the current to where God's working, and try something and fail. That three often in it. Like, we have to create space where it's okay to try and it not to work in the way we thought it might work. The church has got to be okay with that. We've got to be able to create organizations that don't thrive on, on margins, that don't allow us to implement or be innovative. This is not to say to throw out all that God has done. It's, say, it's, it's, it's to take his word for what it is, because in the book of Revelation, which seems like the very end, he says, behold, I'm making all things new, and we find out that the end is a beginning, and God loves new things. And he's in the midst of that. And so we are trying to create a space where people can join internships and residencies and we can try to create margin in their life. They don't have to work quite as much. They, they have maybe some free housing and we can begin to, to shape and form them. It's, it's, uh, statistics will tell us that individuals between the 18 and 34, 54% of engaged Christians in that age range are interested in being missional. 54%. That's a... That's a that's a huge statistic in the statistical world. More than half want to be missional. But sometimes they don't know how and they don't know where to go. So church, I'm asking you to find ways to become a mission-producing factory and sending people out with imagination and with encouragement and with confidence and the opportunity to fail and try again and be okay with that. So that's some of the work we're doing in the city. Again, greetings from all my my ministry, brothers and sisters, uh, it's such an awesome team. I've been challenged. I've been changed by them. I've only been there since 2018, and one of those years I was deployed as a missionary chaplain um, or a, a military chaplain, but I'm a missionary uh, as well in that context, and uh, of course came back to COVID. So I'm still learning at their feet, but it's an incredible place to live, work, and play. All right, so I'm going to jump into the text real quick because otherwise I'll just talk forever and we'll miss the most important thing today. But today I'm going to go to uh, Romans chapter 10, uh, verses 14 to 15. You may be familiar with the text. I think it's going to be up there. I'll be reading from the NIV. You can read from any version you want. Um, I'm going to have you stand. It looks like you don't do that usually. I'm going to do it just to throw you off today, right? Innovative, right? New things, change. So go ahead and stand with me if you are able for the reading of God's word. If not, no problem at all. Here we go. Starting in verse 14 of chapter 10. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. This is the word of God for the people of God, and we see thanks be to God. You may be seated. My prayer today is that the words of my heart, the meditation of my mouth, uh, the words of my mouth, the meditation you can talk to. You feel free to speak back. If it, you know, the words of my mouth, the meditation of our hearts, will be pleasing in his sight. He is our rock and our redeemer. So this is our text today. Uh, I want to start with a commercial. So I didn't, I didn't make a TikTok video. Uh, I don't have Instagram. 
Uh, I don't have uh, drones. Uh, so so you got to imagine with me, right? you got to imagine with me a beautiful nature picture. you got to imagine with me urban areas and rural areas, people smiling, uh, people crying, people laughing, and, uh, you know, health workers helping people, teachers teaching. You've got to imagine all this in this short video. So go ahead, next slide. I'm just going to read. This is the voiceover for our commercial, right? Okay? So this is the voice. I'm trying to sell you at this point. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, this is my hook, right? Everything we do, we believe in being like Jesus. We believe in living differently. We believe living like Jesus is the best life possible. We live like Jesus by loving God and neighbors, participating in God's mission in the world, and doing it together. Will you join us? That's the commercial, okay? This is the commercial. So let's start with a poll this morning. Um, I guess we already started, but let's do a poll this morning. How many missionaries in the house today? By show of hands. Okay, okay, we got a few. Yes. Okay, so my goal is to convince you to have a couple more, at least 20%. I need at least 20%, remember? To believe that God is calling you to be missional. That is the goal today. So we're going to talk about that. Like uh, Pastor Matt said, it's faith promise, and faith promise is all about the faithfulness of God. It, it, growing up in the Church of Nazarene, a couple things uh, are conjured up, stir up in my head. I, I think of a missionary who came from Africa or, China, or uh, <laughs> some other place or um, different places in the world, and they come and they tell stories. And they tell stories about cultures that are not like mine, and they tell me about how God is moving, and I get excited about that, but I also know that that's not me. And so I kind of distance myself from what is to be gleaned from what they're saying. I also imagine a big thermometer, and this maybe was just my church, but this was our way of knowing how much money was given at a given time. And so as it got red, we, we were raising more money. And so Faith Promises is in some ways about contributing to the mission of God all over the world. And sometimes we do that through our finances. But as I start to, started to think about that, I said, I could tell some stories. I could, I could make them cry. I could, you know, uh, tell about the need. And we'll, we'll get to some of that. I'm going to try to do that. No. Um, but really, I thought, you know who you give the most to? I know who I give the most to. People who are like me. That's right. People who are like me. I told my kids this. I, they came to me in the car the other day. I'm driving. I said, Eli, you know, what, you, know, you know who I give the most to? I forget what he said. But my answer was, no, it's you. You get everything. You get it all. And so today is not about giving financially. It's about giving everything. And it's about becoming like a missionary or becoming a missionary, taking on that identity. Because when we do that, we realize we're a part of a great cloud of witness. We're a great part of a, this huge movement that is so incredible that we can't help but give. We can't help but pray because we're a part of something incredible. So we said what mission was. We talked about the three R's, right? We said it was redeeming reconciling, restoring all creation. This is the mission. This is what God is doing in the world and what he calls us to. But there's some debate on if, if this is really a mandate or not. So a recent study, and this is why I brought a marker, and this is just like a, a, a speaking aid just to keep you awake, okay? So 
Uh, the, you know, so studies will tell us right now, so a recent study just came out, and it said that 85% of pastors believe that it's a missional mandate, that all people see themselves as missionaries, that they take on a missional identity or contribute to missions in the world. 85, that's pretty high. Statistically, that's a very high number. Give me a guess on what you think congregants say. Any ideas? Any numbers? Anybody brave? 25. 10, tw 25, that was it. 25%. Whoa! That is a huge disconnect. Do you see the disconnect? I mean, 85 versus 25. So Pastor Matt says, everybody's supposed to be a missionary. And 25% of you say, he might be right. Right? That's, that's, and so we've got to, there's, there's tons of reasons why this could be, right? Uh, maybe Pastor Matt's just trying to use us, right? He's just trying to get big time. He just wants a bunch of employees. He wants little minions. That, I don't think that's the case, right? I, don't, I, don't, I trust him, and I think you do too. Uh, uh, the study goes on to say, well, we, we don't know if this is, this isn't a condition, but this is a correlation. So they start to talk about the Great Commission, and they, and they say, you know, let's find out how many people know what the Great Commission is. And, and when they did that, they found that two-thirds did not know what the Great Commission was. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand today if you know what the Great Commission is, but we find it in Matthew chapter 28. It's the last words of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew's telling the story of Jesus' life. Jesus has died. He's resurrected. He's come in full power and glory. He's walking around on earth as a resurrected Lord and Savior of all creation. Big time, big dude, big deal. And he says these words, and two-thirds of us know what they are. He says, I give you all authority to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is the Great Commission. And if you think about our commercial, the things we talked about are, are all mandates, I believe, right? So we talk, we talk about loving God and neighbors. That's the Great Commandment, Matthew 24. Love God, love your neighbor. That's what it is. The second one, participate in God's mission in the world. This is the Great Commission. Matthew 28, two-thirds. Two-thirds didn't know that this is what Jesus told us when he was like, hey, I'm, I'm leaving for a little while. Holy Spirit's coming. You're going to be in good hands, but you're missionaries. And then doing it together. John 17, he, Jesus prays for his disciples, and then it goes on and it says he prays for the believers that are coming after the disciples. And so there's this great collaboration, and I love calling it the great collaboration, and I believe God wants us to do it together. And the question is, will you join us? Two-thirds know the Great Commission. All right, so what do we do with that kind of information? You know, I didn't think I was going to be a missionary. I was always planning to be a pastor. That was my plan, to be a pastor. I knew my call. My call has always been to help God's people be all that they can be. Sounds like an army commercial, right? I stole it. Actually, my pastor growing up in a small Nazarene church would end his prayers often. God, help us to be all that God wants us to be. And that was planted deep inside of my heart. And so I always thought, I'm just going to be a pastor so I can help people. And then in 2018, I got a call. Hey, James, come up to Cleveland and be a missionary? 
I mean, no, God, that's not what I do. That's not what I was trained to do. That's not what I was called to do. But you know how that works. God said, come on up. Come on up. See the place. Fall in love with the people. Hear the stories. Look for me there in these places and spaces you might not find me. And now I'm a missionary speaking to you in faith promise. And I've learned that the church is desperately in need of recapturing and rediscovering their missional identity, which is that we're all called to be missionaries, not all called to be Pastor Matt, not all called to work for the District Church of Nazarene like me, but we're all called to be missionaries, to participate in the redeeming, reconciling, restoring work of God in the world in all sorts of places and spaces. So, missionaries are wanted. Big sign out on the front, you know, the, the front window. Work wanted. Workers wanted. Missionaries wanted. Will you join us? So it helps to sometimes know the global. Let's zoom out for a second, right? The global picture. Uh, do you know how many people exist in the world? Give or take? Where number are we at? Seven billion. A little over seven billion now, right? So seven billion people. We'll do our big seven. That's God's number, right? Seven, bil- seven billion. Let's do the B. Okay. So that's cool. Um, how many Christians in the world? I don't know, right? Okay, that's okay. 2.3 billion, which is pretty, pretty good. That's pretty good. I think that's like one third, roughly, right? One third kind of says, hey, we, we follow Christ in some way. How many unreached people groups? How many unreached people in the world? Any idea? Half? Well, that's pretty good. That's pretty close. It's okay. I, I know you don't know. I just, this kind of creates a, you know, three. Well, I didn't know you don't know. You know what I'm saying. Okay. Three billion. Okay. Three billion are yet unreached. And as our population continues to grow, that probably will grow. Do we know where they exist? Where the majority of unreached people live? Any idea? Do you know what it's called? I have a map, Kyle, I think, right there, the map slide. It's called the 1040 window. The 1040 window. That's where the majority of unreached 3 billion people live. But good news, Church of Nazarene, for the last 100 years, along with many, many other denominations from North America and Europe, have been sending people into these spaces and places, and they have been doing incredible work. Work in mercy, work in justice, work in the church. And for a long time, we sent people who just look like me, and then we realized if we train people who live there, who are indigenous to the culture and the context, they'll go further faster. And so now we are finding that the church is growing at incredible rates. It's growing faster than it ever has before. There's more religious people, not just Christians. There's more religious people in the world. And that could be good or bad. We could talk about that later. More religious people in the world than ever before. And many of them are in these locations. And yet there's three billion yet to be reached. And so we could be a part of that. We can join hand in hand. We can do it through financial giving. We can do it through prayer. And I think we can do it by joining the cloud of witnesses as missionaries in even the spaces and places we find ourselves. In the 1900s, 82% of the church existed. The Christian church was formerly existing or known in the global north. So that included North America and Europe, 33%. 
exist in North America and Europe today. I tell you that's to say we don't always know as much as we think we know about the church, about the need, and sometimes that, that throws us off, right? So when asked, if, hey, do we have enough missionaries in the world? 60% of Christians said, yes, we've got enough missionaries. But only 13% knew that 7 billion people live in the world and 3 billion have still yet to be unreached. How do we know that we have enough missionaries, 60% of us, without knowing how many people are in the world and what the need is? Or even where most Christians exist now in the world. I don't say that to, to make someone feel you know, unintelligent. I, I just say that this was me learning. Wow. God, what are you doing? So then I think about the Church of the Nazarene. right? I think the Church of the Nazarene will tell you there's 2.3 million members. And they'll tell you that there's 30,000 congregations in over 164 world areas. That's pretty awesome. You know, I thought, well, when, I, when I tell people what I do, that's what I should say. That's what Pastor Matt should say. Hey, Matt, what do you do? I'm a pastor in a church that reaches 2.3 million people, 30,000 different locations, 164 world areas. I'm like, wow. And that's what you drive? You know, that's what, you know, like... That's what they're going to say, right? But that's what we're a part of, and that's what you can be a part of. And so we say that we have about 586 missionaries, give or take, in Church of Nazarene, in all sorts of world areas. But I'd like to change that number. I'd like to say we have 2.3 million missionaries in the world today as the Church of Nazarene. So is it a missional mandate? We start there, of course. We see it in the Great Commission. We see it in Genesis 1 when God gives us the ordinance to, to sort of take care of creation. But it's more than that. I think it's a blessing. You see, when we start our faith walk, we, we, we sort of, we need rules and regulations. We need these things that kind of, that make it clear. And so the Great Commission is pretty clear. But our text today, so let's go back to that side, Kyle. Our text today kind of helps us with this. Because the title was, is this a mandate or a blessing? Yes. Yes. Now, I've got all these scribbles on here because I want to save you paper, right? But in the New Testament, a lot of times things come, go, go the opposite way. And so here, we start by thinking this text is all about us, that it's all about us. Or actually, I, let me, I messed that up. I totally missed it. We start by thinking this is all about them. Right? That's what we think when we read this text. It's a missionary text, and it's about them. It's how can they be saved? But the truth is, it starts at sent. This, this movement starts at sent. There are a people who are sent or who understand themselves, have a missional identity as a people who go because God is called. And then they share the word. This is taken from Isaiah 52.7. Paul didn't make this up. It says, how beautiful are the feet of those who spread the good news through peace and salvation. So it's word and deed. And they, they, they share the gospel. Others hear it. Then they believe, on, believe it. And then they call out the name of Jesus. And Jesus says, go, make disciples in all nations. And the beauty of that, that passage in the Great Commission is that go is not really the command. Your man is to make disciples. It's really as you go. And so, as you go, make disciples in the spaces and places you find 
yourself. This passage is not about them. You know, whenever you go on a mission trip, I call it the, I call it the reciprocal principle. Whenever you go on a mission trip, whenever you take a role as a minister, whenever you do a Bible study, whenever you do a Sunday school, whenever you start a, a, a volleyball uh, you know, gathering at your church, you, you do it thinking it's for them. And then your heart is changed and you realize it was for you. That God's mandates change and transform us. John Wesley called it means of grace. Yeah, yeah, we give to the poor because the, the poor need it and we feel good about giving, but then all of a sudden we realize it's transforming us. Because again, this is God's work. He can do it with or without us. The beauty of the Christian God, the beauty of Jesus' invitation is that we get to join with him in his work in this world. And so I encourage you to start to, to think of yourself as a missionary. And to join the movement that is a global movement across the world of God's redeeming, restoring, reconciling all creation back to himself. Sometimes through the church and sometimes just through others. Doing good work in your community, in your space. So where could you be a missionary? Where could you take on that identity? Is it your street? Is it in the parks when you play frisbee? Right? Is it, is it in the volleyball? Right? Where is it? Where could you become and take on that identity? And I'd love to talk to you more about what that looks like. And, and I know you can feel overwhelmed. But the truth is, it's already, it's just about participating in what God is already doing at work in the world. And so I'm doing this strategically across Cleveland. I'm trying to help our churches see it, our nonprofits. We're trying to share resources because that's all a part of this networking movement. But I'm also just trying to do it on my street, on Thoreau. That's where I live. And so for the last several years, we've just tried to use our front porch as a place of community. First Fridays, inviting people over. So when my neighbor down the street fell over and the ambulance came, and it's been a history of drug and, uh, drugs and abuse for both him and his wife and his children, and his wife gave me a hug and said, thank you. I was being a missionary. When the professor who's single lived across the street and she came over and she said, I've lived on the street for years and something's different. Why is it different? What are you guys doing? Why is it different? I was being a missionary. And I, I, that may not be your thing, but I'm sure there's a place. I'm sure there's a passion or I'm sure there's a problem that, that the Lord wants to give you a missional imagination where you can integrate into that space and place. I mentioned the volleyball, right? Because I was talking to Ray about the volleyball. You hear how I have a church. And I just last week, I went through a training all about trauma. And it said, you know, it said that we all, it said chronic stress can leave the same imprint in your mind as trauma does. And if you guys have existed over the last couple of years, you might have some chronic stress. And you know what they said that, that, they, that the world needs most to begin the healing process was a safe place. Okay, I'll, I'll wrap up. A safe, a safe place. They said you need human connection and you need safety. And you can't have safety without human connection. You can't have human connection without safety. And I said, Ray, that's what you're doing when you offer volleyball to a group of people. I said, you're offering a safe place for hope and for healing. 
And my guess is there's a place in your life where you can do that as well. And so that's the invitation for you to be missional. I heard a huge church speaker, if I said his name, you would all know him, Rick Warren. And for years he has made kind of his living on, on slowly walking people through the process of discipleship. And I think that's good, and that's fair. But you know what he said? He said, I grew up in these little evangelical churches where they say, hey, you need to pray. You need to pray. You need to pray, 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 pray for the missionaries. And then you need to give. We need your money. And then maybe study a little bit, right? Discern what God's doing. And then maybe he'll call you. Maybe then you can go. He said, we got it all wrong. Let's go. Let's go. Because when we go, we see the need and we give. When we go, we pray because these people and us and we and all creation needs prayer and a call on the name of Jesus. We study because it's worth studying and reading about and learning what Jesus is doing and how he's going to make all things right. And so today, it really wasn't about just getting you to give. It was really about you knowing, I want you to go. God wants you to go. And then when you see missionaries, they'll be your brothers and sisters. And my guess is you'll give financially, you'll give prayerfully, you'll give in joy. Because God's mandates are not really just rules. They're blessings. And the transformation is for us. This text, it's not about them. It's not about saving them. God can save them with or without you. It's that when we go, he saves us because we get to know him fully and completely. So let me go back to my commercial and I'll wrap it up. Go back to commercial. I want you to picture yourself somewhere now in the midst of your family, in your workplace, in the coffee shop, at the grocery store. I want you to, about a passion, a problem. I want you to see yourself with people who are ethnically diverse than you. I want, to see, I want you to see yourself in global locations. I want you to see yourself with poor people and rich people. I want you to see yourself. Everything we do, we believe in being like Jesus. We believe in living differently. We believe living like Jesus is the best life possible. We live like Jesus by loving God and neighbors, participating in God's mission in the world, and doing it together. Will you join us? God's mission in the world is to redeem, reconcile, and restore all creation back to himself. He's doing it. Join the movement. Be a part. Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you were inspired by this week's message. We'd love for you to join us on a Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We are located at 3924 High Street Northwest in Warren, Ohio. You can also join us on Facebook Live. For more information about our ministries, or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, visit us at championnaz.org.